0: Zachary's Log, 1.5. Today, I'm doing a two-thumbs undecided episode. I don't know how to feel about it because we're talking about anime and I have mixed opinions. To my left is my trusty co-host, Sam Ferguson. Hello, Sam. Hello. And (laughs) behind him... Just directly behind him is our guest, Nick James. Well, here I am. And we are going to voyage into a discussion that will show no bounds. Mr. Sam, let me hit my head off the table so I can stop sounding like this.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, it's yeah, early in the was, morning. I feel like you need to go to the the doctors to that. Sometimes you just turn into your your Spock, uh, your Spock that was not, voice, or that, not? Spock, yeah, that was Spock, Captain Kirk yeah. voice. No, that yeah, was wouldn't supposed it be, to be great. Why didn't Spock ever introduce Star Trek? I feel like they they needed to they needed to have everyone I mean, I have think he would monologues and that.
0: I think he would be court martialed if he did that because it'd be like Spock, what are you doing in my captain's chair? <laughs> What you're saying is you're trying to mutiny me, Spock? No, Captain, I'm just trying to... Uh,
1: well, that would be a great, buttocks. it would be a good... <laughs> it would be a great, um... It would be a great twist, but anyway, the 60s... That, yeah, that it would, would be, be, an be an interesting, interesting that would be a great way to the start episode, the episode, episode. The episode is, the
0: day Spock sat in Captain Kirk's chair... And it's like Anyways, a two this hours. is nothing not to do Trek with episodes.
1: anime. <laughs> this is completely. Once it, this is getting off topic. Hello, we're Two Thumbs Undecided. We're a media show. We talk about media things, mostly about films, sometimes about TV, and on the occasion, other things such as media and other visual arts. and about our life, um, and about our life. If you if you choose to care, mm. um, but uh, you know. Uh, we, uh, have a special guest, as Zach said, um, Nicholas James, uh, DeVoe. Some call me Nick James, bitch. Uh, they do, you can call him that. The whole title. Uh, Mr. Bitch, as we like <laughs> yeah, to call him. Yes, or Mr. Bitch, if we're Um, for so, uh, Nick was on uh, our last, we had a, a special secret, shh, but we're telling you now episode. It's pay five bucks. Um, that, uh, we, we're just gonna leave it enticing. Uh, we won't say what it's about, but it's, it's something juicy. (laughs) That's why it's secret. Is that how you've been talking about my episode?
2: Yeah. Just like, it's a secret. It's a secret. Have you like said what the secret is? Did you give them hints?
1: Yeah. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we Uh, tell our audience? Yeah. Um, we'll, 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 we'll leave it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, though, but that's going to be on our Patreon. If you want to, if you want to listen to that, but we just did that. It's a pretty good secret too. It's pretty good. Um, pretty good. Um, it's an open and secret. um but uh he we on that episode we came up with the idea that he is the ring finger, because we have the yes, third thumb. Yes. We have Karina Dandashi who's been on the show many a times is the is the third thumb, but now we have a ring finger. Uh and we hope maybe you I'm talking to you the audience can be the pinky. Yeah, one of <laughs> you. Not the whole audience, but the odd uh, one of you could be the pinky if if you want to be on the, the show and I don't know. If you want to be one of the fingers, yeah, Um, call in. Well, because they're below you, I guess. I don't know, whatever you want that to mean. Um, so yeah, so uh, we normally begin by talking about some film news, which is a little bit harder these days with the pandemic. Um, but it's almost kind of like closing,
0: it's kind of like cookie cutter for the news, um, like what's being
1: delayed. Who's... I mean, there are a lot of film festivals going on right now. Oh, I mean, um, I think I
2: think TIFF is now going and it's and it's remote.
1: Yeah, you know what? Enraged... Well, actually, no, TIFF isn't remote. I mean, we would know this since we went through the the, the applications for things and didn't get into them. You know what enrages but... me that I saw
0: on uh tiff i I know it was a what? joke, but it was a picture some dog got into tiff uh, like three years
1: ago that was two years ago it was two years ago i know i mean it was easier to get into it back in those days like yeah. we were getting in but tiff though is uh it's some of it's remote, but a lot of it is still at the festival or they cool. have drive like it's it is they're trying the festivals are trying their darndest to be safe, but also having people come to the oh, specific location actually mm. i
0: have a I have a news about uh, a film and theaters um our esteemed uh hmm. uh you know public figure Dr Anthony Fauci told us that he doesn't think we should go into uh theaters after a year of the vaccination once a vaccine is created that we shouldn't go into theaters after a year really wow. yeah wow uh, let me uh um, that's a statement i uh i have to i I'm I'm monologuing here, or not monologuing. I'm paraphrasing, uh, so okay. I want to get the, that fact completely correct. But I do believe that is what he said. I had a friend on Facebook kind of go like, "Hey, um, when, is movie is our movies dead?" Okay, this is what he says. Uh, this is from Deadline. Uh, ooh, that's an ominous title for. Anyways, uh, Doctor Anthony Fauci predicts year-long intermission between vaccine arrival and maskless no. theater. So we're not really hmm. going to have a true theater experience until uh, well, you know, maskless 2022. theater. Two, maskless theater. Like I can't, you know, lean over to a buddy or some random person and go like Chewbacca. You know, <laughs> I want that
1: feeling again. We want that feeling again. And, and mind you, I, this is
0: this is during <laughs> this is during a James Bond movie. <laughs> I want, During the I new want James that ability Bond. to... Chewbacca!
2: I, I'm like not crazy about James Bond movies, particularly the new ones. And I would turn all my thoughts aside if Chewbacca just fucking turned up. Yeah. And
1: then James Bond doesn't even... But now he's just like, thank you, Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they, like, should, <laughs> they should just start crossing every single franchise and just say, like, yep, every single major franchise is actually all part of the same universe. So going back to the film festivals, I think some of the major films that are that are uh, peeking through: uh, *Nomad Lad*, *No Land*. Uh, was is that TIFF? It's the film directed by uh, Chloe Zhao. Yeah, um, and it's the one. You, I mean, you, it has Francis McDormand is the star of it. Um, that's making a lot of uh, waves um i I had
2: no idea she made a new film i felt okay about um the horse movie
1: the writer mm -hmm. i was kind of like over it but i'd be curious to see what else she makes this is getting a lot of hype Uh um i mean it's been at all the film festivals um oops um another one that is coming out um is uh well also we could talk about dune trailer that has nothing to do with film festivals (laughs) but um what's going on there's like a lot of sounds going on zach
0: Oh uh, sorry uh, you may have to cut this part out uh, my uh, roommate who sleeps right next to... my roommate who <laughs> sleeps right next to me finally woke up so I'm coming back upstairs
1: mm-hmm. um there's also the new um uh oh there's also the new um at TIFF, there's the new um the Talking heads dude David Byrne film mm-hmm um, Isn't that a Spike Lee joint? Yeah. That's a Spike Lee joint.
0: Yeah. Spike yeah, Lee's it's a Spike there. Lee joint. Oh,
2: I don't know if I don't know if he's calling it a joint because sometimes he. So there's one film Spike Lee has not called a Spike Lee joint. Do either of you know what this film? What? Is? Crooklyn. It, it is. It is. I'll give you a hint. I think it's the only remake he's done.
1: Oh. uh, uh old, boy.
2: old boy. Old boy. Old boy. in the credits it says directed by Spike Lee. It does not say Spike Lee joint. Interesting. That's the good range. Films say it's technically this is the first film he's directed um te- <laughs> like you know if you're really looking at the credits but um he's I a don't... freshman director yeah technically yeah and it was not a good um, movie i heard too so i i, didn't Sorry, I had
1: no interest in seeing yeah it. i don't really I... want to see a remake of that no. offense to spike lee but the other bit of news uh is the regina king uh is who is in uh watchman um and famous actress, uh, she made her directorial debut uh, with One Night in Miami mm. um, at the Venice Film Festival as the first woman uh, African-American to play at the Venice Film Festival, wow. which is great, but also really sad, sad that it's, it's taken been... this long. And I actually looked it up, and the first woman uh, African-American in at Cannes was last year. So I was like, oh my these goodness. film festivals it's very very recently within the last two years that these major film festivals are uh it's just having one uh, uh black uh woman in in as being a director and it's it's just it's it's sad i mean it is like it's 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 uh, there's not that many of them that that it's like there's normally like 10 or 15 films that are in competition But it's, 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 it's sad to know that this is now that it's taken so long, but I guess it's great. And I I mean, I'm happy for Regina King as well.
2: I I feel like for the next 10 years, if, if fascism doesn't prevail for the next 10 years, I feel like we're going to have a lot of moments like this in film where we're like, oh, this is the first screenplay nominee that's written by a black woman. Or Mm -hmm. this is the first, you know, like Asian American cinematographer or something. And there's gonna be just a bunch of firsts, and we're like, fuck, yeah, is this long, and then and then it's really going to like, I think that's gonna resonate more with people that, oh, there is a major problem with representation. Yeah, this is the first time like, you know, a South Asian person has even been nominated for best screenplay, or like yeah. something like that. I will yeah, be very I
0: sad. I mean, if there's if been I, no. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, I, I'll be very sad if I'm 60, and I'm still hearing, and the first <laughs> African American to win, you know, cinematographer. They're like, man. Well,
1: that's why we need to cancel the Oscars. Is they? Oh, that's. I mean, that's well, I mean, another thing. They just came out with um, uh, some kind of list of like how they want to um, include or like do, do something with diversity with with uh, you know, I feel like every year they're trying to trying to be more uh diverse by having you know having more people like people of color as uh, judges. Or, or voters, rather, um, but every year there's, you know, Green Book slips through or something like that, and, and they they recently had their next thing, which is like they have these three bullet points, but somehow those bullet points I, still allow for thing. things like Green Book to get through and stuff.
2: I am
0: Anyways, excited we're getting for the Oscars this year because, like, what are the movies that are going to be there? Invisible Man. I'm thinking of ending things. Bill and Ted's Three. Bill and well, get hopefully they do sticks. more
1: foreign films, because the other True. foreign films are, are... Oh,
0: yeah, because their, their movies are opened up, doing well. and a lot of them paid attention. Just going to be all New Zealand movies. <laughs> you know, um, or movies that the last, uh, actually took this thing seriously.
1: But then the last Pandemic, thing to talk about, way. I guess, before our, our topic for today is um, the... the I, don't, I don't even know if I want to spend time talking about this, but the new Doom thing... Mm. There's a I new even Dune trailer, trailer just came out. I haven't. Yeah, I just wanted to take this time to say I don't. I don't give a poop. Although I do like the director.
2: Um, you know what I don't like about the Dune trailer, and this is what I don't like about a lot of movies in general. Mm-hmm. Don't like movies about destiny. You don't like movies about destiny? I think destiny is such like a fucking nothing word. I, th- I think it's so. Whoa, just What are your thoughts on Destiny's Child? Um, that's different because that's I mean that's band. something that comes from destiny. If the band was I called Destiny, so. I'd be like, fuck that. No. <laughs> Destiny's Child? Who knows? I mean, what's another movie about destiny June. that makes you have Star- this opinion? I Bored? mean, really, really though. I mean, that is my problem. Like, like with Star Wars, it's just like, well, this person's the chosen oh, one. Oh, I see. What so you're they're saying. gonna do the thing because they're the chosen one. Like, after a while, it gets really, really boring and. It's like, well, I, like why this person though? Like, like, and also like, why is it predestined that they're going to do something? That means to me, like character's not as real. They're not, don't have as much agency. We, we as people don't, unless we're fucking crazy, we don't think we're predestined to do anything. We're just kind of wandering around being like, what the fuck do I do? And then we watch movies. Yeah. So I feel like those movies should have more of like, what the fuck does, you know, what the fuck is like, I really liked Blade Runner 2049 because it started out looking like, oh, it's a destiny chosen one. You're meant to fulfill this purpose movie. And then it plays with that in a really cool way. Um, but yeah, if that makes sense. So the whole thing where it's just like, you have a, you have a power and you will use it and you're a prince and this, and I'm just like, I don't care. Just, just, I would love Dune if it was about a little scrappy, you know, McScrapster, just kind of it <laughs> around. And I, then he, he I like, wish I'm, it was
1: about scrappy McScrafter. Yeah, <laughs> that would be much scrap, more yeah. raptor. Then Timothy probably wouldn't be as interested in it and it would go to... Nicholas or Lucas Hedges or something like that. Oh, I would, I would watch, watch the that. shit out of like Lucas Hedges. is just like a like a homeless guy on, on Dune playing or, or Jerome like, Droll, um, some other actor besides Timothy Chalamet who it, just appears in everything as the pretty boy. You know,
2: I thought about this actually because I because the other thing too is I like, when I was watching I think about how much you don't like him and how because I'm not crazy about <laughs> him but the, I know I thought of alternate timeline. Timothy Chalamet is is replaced by Ezra Miller. What do you two think? Uh yeah I mean I oh much I, Ezra I enjoy Miller and... Ezra Miller a
0: lot yeah he seems to emote he's a good actor <laughs> to me his face feels more. like it's full of life I know that yes! you know you need you need movies that have uh a emo- like motionless like I think Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet in probably a in the in the West Anderson movie that looks like an yeah. appropriate fit for him because a lot of West Anderson characters are not you know their emotions are said through their words not. All the time through their faces, you know, like with yeah, Moonrise Kingdom like... where like Bruce Willis is just like, I'm sad, you know, uh, which <laughs> yeah, I love, sort of like... which I love, but Timothy Chalamet and say a Dune or a Lady Bur- well, I'm trying to think of the other movie, but it's very, I don't feel anything. I, I feel like
2: personally. he, the first, the first two movies that a lot of people saw him in that got them to know him. Oh. His thing was perfect for those characters, Lady Bird and and um, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. I think I think that kind of personality fits those characters perfectly. So everyone's like, "This guy is incredible." And then maybe I don't know. Maybe his, his you know maybe he will be making really great work soon. But I mean, like anything else I've seen him in since, which has really only been Lady Bird. I'm oh, sorry, um, the neck or uh, the Little woman um, yeah. and the king like like oh like, yeah like, it's just very like um it's that character in a place that isn't it's not supposed to like it just yeah, doesn't, it he doesn't did not... work well there whereas Ezra Miller's all kinds of
0: people
1: I just uh and now I, he's this is getting so
0: you know he's yeah, so now not now he's taking lost. as many he's not oh. taking as many roles have either of you seen that movie have you seen Ezra Miller's The flash no nah, I saw a bit I saw that's him a, fighting a movie
1: I thought it was a tv show is he Flash in the TV show? No, he's oh, not. No. He's
0: not. But, he, okay. I mean, he's League. Injusticly... I didn't know it was a movie, though. Um, no, I mean, they want to make it a movie. There is talks of movie, of course, you know, which would I be... I just imp- think
1: there's... Cool. I, I guess I think the same way with Timothy Chalamet as I do with, like, Kristen Stewart. Mm. And it's just, uh... And I got into a, a little bit of a, a discussion with this with my, um, friend that also happens to be my girlfriend, uh... Here she comes right now. In her here truck. she is.
0: She's on her truck. What the? She's um, on her truck. But, um, what is she like, you know, Teen Wolf on top of a truck doing backflips? What's going on here? Exactly.
1: That's what it is. Um, but uh, we were talking about Kristen Stewart, and she pulled up all these um, articles talking about how we should now consider her to be a great actress. And they all have to do with uh, Clouds of uh, Sills uh, Marie or. Um, personal shopper or personal shopper which is both directed by the same director mm-hmm. um and kind of the same general story and in my mind i was like she is like all of these people you can cast these people have trained like these people feel comfortable on sets and they they you can they have a very specific role they can play and it is more, I think, an, or like it's more of the, the casting director should get a lot more praise mm, for this. Mm-hmm. But, and you can see that more so with her or him being in different films and you're just like, doesn't really fit there, doesn't really fit there. And you start to see like, ah, uh, maybe he was just, they that were casted casting. beautifully in these roles. Um, and less to do with their actual acting. You know, they just when people I, knew exactly how to use them. When I yeah. saw, Timothy with Jesse Eisenberg, there's so many oh, actors yeah. like that that have very specific rules that, if used correctly, just nail it. And you're like, I'm completely in this movie. And it's normally like the actors like that that I think are very specific rules are very closed off people uh, who I don't know are just are are they they seem to have the same kind of traits. Um I don't know. Well, they're because. all making money. They're all making money. I mean, yeah, they're all they're all doing well. Well, you know what? All right, Let's so, see
0: what a Timothy no. Chalamet is like at 40. Maybe he'll have a beer gut. Uh He'll probably be
1: like
2: Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I love imagining him like a Vincent D'Onofrio rolls.
0: They're just like, dude, I got fucking
2: Timothy Chalamet in my indie film. It's <laughs> I mean, like, that- oh man, is he gonna is he gonna eat a rabbit like he did? Oh, on, I hope
0: he does. I I don't know, like on, the, uh, the the Safdie Brothers thing. I don't know, <laughs> like Call Me by Your Name five. Yeah, calling. he's definitely
1: going to. He's definitely going to have a drop off. And then he's going to have a research resurgence where he gets into like indie stuff and starts to do some weird things. And then people are going to be like, it's time to start calling Timothy Chalamet a great, great actor. actor again because he gets guess he eats who, a rabbit or something. Yeah. Guess who like
0: gained <laughs> 500 pounds to play Orson Welles?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would be okay, so Okay. I fucking hope that movie happens. I like, hope I that happens <laughs> tw- at 20, some point. 20 or 30 years from now. I one of us cast no, Timothy Chalamet I hope to, this happens to... next
0: year. They're <laughs> <laughs> so like Timothy Chalamet You gotta blow up to be and a then
1: dying. We, we lied to Timothy Chalamet and it's actually not a movie about Orson Welles. He's only it's actually in it a for like two minutes. Yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs>
0: We tell him you need
1: to you need a you need to make fifty. You need to like yeah. You need to gain a hundred pounds to play this role, or hundred fifty pounds.
0: And it's just a podcast. That would be great. And he's That's just a great
1: struggling to. Breathe. Let's say it. Let's let's let's, let's try to let's aim for that, that next year, let's guys. Let's
0: get that rumor started.
1: All right. So, anyways, <laughs> now now for com- uh, something completely different. Uh, let's transition uh, to our topic of the day, um, which is anime anime we're talking about anime uh and part of the reason i chose this topic was because um, zach you have an interesting kind of story or like you have an interesting relationship with anime i, I think i do and also nick here uh has some of his favorite movies are animes that he can talk about yeah um, and i did a bit of research on anime beforehand um This isn't a, this isn't going to be a, obviously since, you know, we don't have, we don't have hours and hours to talk about this. This isn't going to be an, if you want to really dive into anime, go, I'm sure there's plenty of anime podcasts out there, but this is kind of just skimming at the top, kind of getting into it, uh, if you don't know that much about it. I I think one thing that
2: this can really, from this perspective, we can really like explore is like how anime has, like what anime has made its way to the U.S. and like independent art scene and like why is it that kind of anime and not another kind and Mm -hmm. sort of like whereas like another like a lot of places talk about anime fandom where it's really really into like the lore and what's based off of what based off of what and Mm -hmm. merchandise and it's very kind of like there's sort of like fun pulpiness to it whereas like and i have some thoughts i'll get to more later but like a lot of anime that makes it to the u.s and tends to resonate with like u.s critics and audiences isn't really the kind of anime that's popular in japan it mm-hmm. turns out but like i don't know so maybe because you know us not being like big super huge like mondo anime fans you know there's there's as you can see there are no anime figurines in my in my apartment where we're recording this right now but um yeah so i think that's the kind of perspective we can offer it's just like what what is echoing at least in like the u.s and the western Zec guys for like yeah. artsy anime um so um so ahead, my Jack.
0: perspective on anime just for the listeners at home is back when I was in high school and before I always I hated anime even though mm-hmm. I watched you know the Dragon Ball Zs and and One Piece even though those are anime I thought they were just so cool and mm-hmm. not kind of dumb that mm-hmm. I that's what I thought anime I I thought it was dumb I thought it was hokey I didn't like the 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 fandom and it, you know for those who believe in a higher power I felt like I was in a sense Uh, Not punished, but be taught a lesson that um, I went to college and I was so excited I was like, oh, this is gonna be the ebb of filmmaking like I'm I'm in art school I'm in film and I signed up for this thing called the, the the art village Which was the only place on campus where there was an art village and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so cool We're gonna talk about all these movies and we're gonna bet what it turned out to be was just a big old dump of anime Fans, (laughs) and I'm a
1: big old dump of anime fans. A a lot of ad for BG,
0: a lot of anime fans, and then you had the stereotypical film people who are like, "I love Christopher Nolan. He's the greatest director ever made." You know, which is you know, it's not untrue, but I was really hoping for like, like the snooty, like, uh, like Ah Truffaut. This is you know, no, it was all like, who the hell is Truffaut? Let's talk about well to add to that story
1: you also uh dated all the girls that you dated in high school tended to be were like anime huge anime people. fans no so and i remember that was that was something was like why you, one of your biggest <laughs> things is you hate, hate anime, anime and, and all of your about- girlfriends are huge anime fans and that always is like oh yeah she's great but she does love anime and then and, and, to yeah, like,
0: <laughs> and then i get really into co- i get into college and everybody i know loves anime and I gotta tell you, it was like a transformation. I, I started to understand the anime. I was a changed man. I, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a, a metaphor, like a metaphor. And unfortunately the only one I can think of, and please give me another one, is uh, American History X. Where he's, where he's, you know, he's he's a huge racist. There's a know. lot. There's a lot of movies where people
2: change. That's that's that. <laughs> let, let, let me just very interesting top of my head. how that's the American first history acts. most just, stories are about people change. But
0: in a way, I was I was I was hateful towards the anime community, <laughs> oh, and then okay, I, I, I wanted to and bash I their get, brains And then off you were the then sidewalk. you were imprisoned
2: with the anime community, and then you turn. Then you turn. I
0: exactly. And then, then I was released from the arts village, and I was like. Re- tur- Wait a second. Which is
2: prison in this metaphor? <laughs> yeah. No,
0: just for anybody from BJ. What was
2: the what was the killing? I, the killing yeah 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 what, situation. what was your equivalent of, of curb My stomping? Kid, yeah, <laughs> a, a man's teeth into 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 it. Yeah, uh,
0: it's, uh, probably
2: was that dating a girl? it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. a, a good. And then I breaking. Mean, her wait, wait, heart. yeah, yeah. Did you break up with one of the girls liked anime?
0: No, no, no. I did. I, oh. I was. I was. Well, I was you did break up with to... them. Yeah, I mean, eventually, but it was not because of anime. Um, yeah. Just, um. So yeah. So I don't, don't want to uh, get into. I I realize people do listen to this podcast. So. I, oh <laughs> really? I. Uh, oh yeah, really? I was, do they? I was, no. I just. <laughs> I I realize I talk a lot like uh, people in my mind. Yeah, you're very loosey goosey. People.
2: people well, I just want to say for like anybody
0: who's listening. Thank you. <laughs> if if, if, or, like, if you two were like you are critics, listening.
2: you couldn't say half the shit you say on the oh. show. Yeah.
0: Um, all, I do want to wait. I just want. I want to make a point. I'll go ahead. <laughs> that a BG was a wonderful experience, and everybody who I had relationships were all great people. Uh, it was cool. a. Um, we're all friends. Sounds like an anime prison to me. No, <laughs> and just, it, it transformed my heart. I just want to say, at the end of the day, I really appreciate anime, and I do go to conventions every year. Okay, so I'm all in. Seems like you got a
1: lot of explaining so, okay, to do. Okay, so, well, so let's get
2: into um, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say, so I guess Zach is a much bigger anime fan than I thought. I didn't it's like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize you were at the scale where you go to conventions and everything. Okay, so this is good.
1: Good. Yes. Yeah, so I want to briefly go over. Uh, this will won't take too long. Maybe five, ten minutes. I want to go over some of the very rough history of anime um uh, and this is from a website called right stuff anime uh it looks looks authentic um so i think i guess the definition of anime is really just cartoons from japan Mm -hmm. um which is i mean not even really true now it's more about the style nowadays but because a lot of i didn't realize this but japan starting in like the 90s and 2000s have been outsourcing their their animation to china and korea and so typical like not everything you see that's anime is most of the things you see from anime is not from japan anymore um but originally it did start off it was just japanese animation um and the biggest studio that kind of popularized it uh, and started turning into it, its own was Taui, Tauai? T-O-E-I. Um, Tauai, Uh and they made, uh, their biggest film was called, and it came out in 1958, and it was called The Tale of the White Serpent, um, which was uh, the first film to be, um, to be distributed and to be sent, actually it was the first feature-length color anime film, hmm. um, and it made its way over into America. And then I believe that the production company's second film, which was called Magic Boy, which I watched a little bit of, um, was the first film to be widely released in the United States. And that that film was the Magic Boy was much more Disney esque. A lot of animals. uh, It seemed like it was very copying Snow White Mm. kind of. Mm. Uh, But the tale of the White Serpent was a little bit more um, what I think we think of as anime um which is a little bit more uh philosophical and it kind of dares a little bit more while i think american look especially in the 50s american cartoons were a little bit more to please the kids mm-hmm. um and then uh kind of i guess what this article is saying is so that 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 company t-o-i uh twi uh transitioned into mushy productions and mushy productions uh, produced Astro Boy mm, And is, Astro Boy is a... what the it Astro Boy is it came out in 1963 uh Tezuki is like one of the main Tezuki. early anime one of the early anime uh directors um, and artists who he produced Astro Boy and he you'll see, like he's his name comes up a lot um and he made Mushi Productions and Mushi Productions did Astro Boy and that this article is saying that that is created a lot of the stereotypes of uh, of anime of like the big eyes and like mm. hair that is perfectly coiffed. And Astro Boy exploded, and that became a TV series, and it really blew up everything. And then we transitioned to the 70s, um, and that's when Miyazaki came out or started working on things. Oh wait, no, never mind. That was the 80s. Uh, but the 70s. Um, was that when, like, Lupin the Third was oh, starting no. to become a thing? What? Was uh, that,
2: like, when Lupin Lupin the Third started becoming a thing in the 70s? Lupin the Third But that was when was the, uh, Miyazaki...
0: In the, in the 70s. Um, okay. Okay, yeah. And that was uh, Miyazaki's uh, first directorial um, show. Really, his first... Well, this
1: says uh, Heidi, the the girl of the Alps, was uh, one of Miyazaki's first thing. That came out in 74. Um, and also Mushi Productions split and a bunch of other, uh, anime studios started popping up. Madhouse, for instance, which is, we watched uh, a movie yesterday that was from, yeah, Paprika was Madhouse. That started in the 70s. Paprika? So still. Oh, cool. Yeah, we watched Paprika last night. Um, and, and then, um, uh, yeah, so, and then it says the golden age of anime really started until the 80s. Uh, in the 80s is when I think a lot of the steadfast anime shows and things started coming. I mean, it wasn't until 89 or 88, Akira came out. Um, and Akira, based off of a, of a manga, um, and it was... Uh, it got a bunch of... We'll talk about that a little bit more. I'm, just, I'm trying to skim through here. Mm-hmm. So the 80s was Dragon Ball Z... A lot of things, and that was kind of the boom of anime, and then it actually started dipping down in the '90s. Uh, oh. But towards the end, I think '90s was when anime started getting a little bit more Americanized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Americans started making their own animes, and then in 2000, uh, things started going back up again. Um, and that's uh, they started using more CGI anime, um, and the round. I mean, the '90s and 2000s, uh, CGI when Miyazaki anime. was. Yeah, there's CGI anime. I mean, the first one of the first ones to use uh, animes was Princess Mononoke. Mari- oh, is- Mononoke, yeah, Mononoke was a little, there's a little bit, yeah, that um, kind for of like CGI. the uh, the force that was Force Spirit, yeah. one of the first ones. Um, I thought
0: you were talking like, but yeah. Code Lyoko.
1: Oh, what a great! That was great, such a bizarre show. I love that, that was show.
0: a really
2: cerebral show for children. Yeah, they like what? What was Code Lyoko? Were they just putting their brains in like a? Like a simulator. I, guess they I don't had know. I just love the song. Yeah. Let's fucking watch Kolyoka. And then sometime. yeah,
1: and then it ends with the world falling apart normally, and then they have to push a button. Oh,
2: that's right. Like at oh, the very end the of the fuck show, was Yoko even about?
1: I remember there was one episode where the gravity flipped, and they were all falling, and all their friends were falling into the sky, and they were all like trying to like cling on to dear life. That's fascinating. As They, like, the the characters in the computer animated world were trying to beat people up, but, like, in the real world, gravity flipped. And then everyone forgets about it. Once they save the day, it's just, like, nothing happened. You want to hear something weird? Oh, never mind.
0: Code uh, Code Lyoko was from 2003 to 2007. It feels like a forever Yeah, but
1: a lot of these things, I think... uh, I mean, that's kind of the very rough take of of it. It, But it's also... One of the things I, I didn't realize is how anime really didn't come into its own until the 80s like 80s is considered the golden age of anime um and especially with akira which i think is a great starting off point because that's how i came into to anime was akira mm-hmm. which came out in 1988 and akira tell zach you know the story of akira a little bit better than i what's what, oh, uh, what happened with akira
0: you know what uh, i'll let uh, nick talk about it just because we uh, don't oh, have as much well, do time. you know about it
2: yeah Okay. yeah and um to my knowledge um like that was kind of the first piece of anime to really like make a splash um and for western audiences and i believe there was something to do with the economy in japan at the time that i'm trying to remember what it was basically that production had like a surplus in their budget mm-hmm. or there's something where like they had way more time there's a really interesting youtube essay somewhere where this person has this it has this frame and it's like a very fascinating cityscape and they're like this is an image from um from akira is one of my favorites look at this detail look at that detail and they're they're zooming into this huge cityscape and they're pointing out all these little details and then they're like do you remember the scene in akira this is in and it's like you may not because it's actually in the background and Uh there's a scene in akira it's um they are in the part of the city that's like well like The buildings are giant, geometrical gold rectangles, and there's little walkways. And in between these rectangles, there's a canyon effect, and you see a little tiny sliver of a cityscape. And that little tiny sliver in the background is going across this vast, really carefully made, giant oil painting of a cityscape. And the point of that video essay being, like, when Akira was made, they had, like, more money than they knew what to do with. And they were able to put it into just so much detail, including this backdrop, this, yeah, this like backdrop photo. Um, but yeah, there's, but I don't know exactly what it was. There was something just about like right timing where they just had a ton of money and and time. Um, is that, uh, that's my knowledge. What, what's, what's, what's the skinny from you?
0: That's my knowledge too is like, it's the one production where they're like, we have a stupid amount of money. Let's make this the greatest piece of art. Uh, ever made and uh, they succeeded i um, i saw a still they have a still like one of because it was all hand drawn and hand painted and uh-huh. uh, there's a museum downtown called toon museum or toon boom mm-hmm. or toon museum and i saw one of the stills and it's one of the stills of um one of the guys on the motorcycle and uh-huh. it just like i could stare at it for hours
2: Wow I, I love the the like the, the effect they have the trailing lights on the motorcycles like that looks I, I still haven't seen any 2d animation that has that kind of feeling like, you know what I'm talking about
0: yeah mm-hmm. it, it looks so real it just it, I
1: feel like I could go out and touch it and wave well my that's hand something with all of anime and I think this that's something that I think anime is more much more captivating about anime than other cartoons is anime it really, like, every single frame, with good anime, every single frame is so beautiful. And I think a lot of uh, animations in America is focusing more on just visually pleasing f- by maybe colors, or just as is. is quir- I think a lot of times people think of cartoons in America as more ch- for children. Mm-hmm. Well I in anime, it's like, it can get fairly violent and fairly, like Akira, when I started, I was like, alright, this is gonna be you know, for, for, for not for kids, but for teenagers. It's going to be like some gangsters and stuff. But it gets fairly violent fairly quickly. And it's like, whoa. And a lot of like we all I watched Ghost in the Shell last night. Um, and there's a lot of scenes where like it gets very bloody. That. And yeah, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> it really dives into. I feel like I was thinking this as well when I was watching Ghost in the Shell is I feel like ghosts. I'm not a huge fan of film noirs. Um, but I feel like that type of story of police, detective, getting into very psychological talks of identity and, and kind of the Maltese Falcon kind of thing, I think is better represented for me in animes. Because mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell felt like a film noir, but was just so much more beautiful and so much more captivating because they really paid attention to visually and, and it was it a was very beautiful film. And I mean, that's true for, I think, a lot of most animes, really. I, I think especially too when it was
2: like anime was getting bigger in the US. How do I explain, right? Because there's at first that era like Astro Boy where it's like, let's just do things that are difficult to do live action, right? Mm-hmm. Like give someone a rocket shoes. And yes, there's sci fi stuff and Ghost in the Shell and there's worlds. But like also, there's a couple of Ghibli films that are for more or less just like people walking around talking. Like there's mm-hmm. like Ocean's Ways and like My Neighbors, the. What's up?
0: It was kind of like, it almost felt like they were uh, trying to experiment with the beauty of that. So, like, with the Miyazaki stuff, you have, mm-hmm. um, of course, the cooking, which is, like, food. Oh, porn, yeah, that's the whole looks, thing. looks, like, so delicious. I remember uh, after I watched Princess Mononoke, I wanted to throw on Kiki's delivery service because I have mm-hmm. very strong memories of... Uh, Kiki's mother making some drink potion, and it just looked so vibrant and (laughs) delicious. Um, And it was, again... uh, But just talking on that, it just seems like a lot of these higher budget animes uh, focus on kind
1: of this artsy vibe. Which is so different. I feel like the higher the budget in America, it's it's spent more on actors and on uh it's not spent as much on visualization and, and i think in animes the more money they get the more money they put put to making it at every single frame as beautiful as possible um and i i also just in general i think japanese art is it's 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 so like when i was watching i was watching um uh, the The tale of Princess, what was it again? Cayuga, Cayuga. I watched that. Oh. No, not Mononoke. Cayuga, um, which came out in 2016, um, and was, or maybe not 2016. It was. It came out recently, um, but it was nominated for best animation at, at the Oscars, um, and it reminded me of uh, the the classic, the wave painting, um, which hmm. is a really really old piece oh. of art from the 18, And I think it felt 1820s. like they were doing that
0: on purpose. It, it, it was yeah, like well, he is. Like, kind of that, well, what kind of art was that? It's kind of a, um, not a, wa- it felt like a watercolor the whole time.
1: Well, the I mean, I guess you know, the, the, the great wave uh, was on a wood block. But I think it, in a lot of anime stories, um, they relate it back to some Uh, anime folktale or something like that i I think that there's such a rich tradition in animes um that in america i also think a lot of cartoons are trying to make new traditions and new things and maybe have a slight twist on stuff but it's 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 in animes i think there's a much more uh connection to the past um but well it's funny you
0: mentioned that it's funny you mentioned that because i'm trying to think of like Sunday cartoons for, say, uh, American cartoons. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you don't have anything in the past while watching Scooby-Doo. Like, the old Scooby-Doo. <laughs> or, like, you mm-hmm. wouldn't see um, Johnny Test um, talk about his, his you know, the past of his, respect of his past. Just, they just go straight in. It's just a plot.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Um... Because so we talked a little bit about films, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I think one of the best entry ways to anime, and I think a lot of people's entry way to anime, is the, the shows. Yeah. Um, and I think it's Ball, safe to yeah. say maybe, oh uh, yeah, all of our entry without us even knowing it, all of our entries to anime oh, was Dragon Ball or Pokemon. Pokemon Naruto. Pokemon was really of the these... thing
0: that grabbed our hearts, I think.
1: And yeah, I think that was a huge revelation. Like, I hear yeah. anime, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, foreign film. But it's like Pokemon's anime. Yeah. That's a Japanese. That's a Japanese, a completely Japanese cartoon that they dubbed, um, and I think that's really. In- I mean, that that really started happening when we were kids. That the like in the 90s, Toonami on Cartoon Network was probably a big, big reason
2: why. I don't know. Toonami was. Uh, let me check out when it started. That was always. Oh, is that a?
1: Sh-
0: that's the. That was always. Channel. A, it was a. It was it, a block of uh, programming during. Okay a, then a yeah. Cartoon Network. That Sam. I know you that. and I usually. Uh, I remember we kind of steered, away from it just only because I think it was on a little after our bedtime.
2: Oh. Yeah, our during, mom. Was well, that stretch. that was the thing. Like I remember, like all my like friends' older brothers knew all these Toonami shows. I'm like, Ooh. fuck! I just want to stay up and. Watch Toonami. And I think, actually, I got to know Miyazaki through Toonami. They, they got the rights to um to, to show his films, I think, in, like, 2005. That's where I saw most of oh, his wow. work. Um, but, yeah, it was on late. It was kind of like – I'm trying to think. I think it was on Cartoon Network, but it was before Adult Swim, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it was just right before – yeah. And it had all the amazing think- And it also had, like, cool
1: other cartoons – Samurai wow. Jack. Oh no, that was canceled in 20, 2008 Yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely remember the name, um, and I definitely probably watched it, which is how I knew a lot of the anime stuff. I mean, so many of the card, all the card games. Like Zach and I were really into card games, mostly Yu Gi Oh and uh-huh. other anime. But I, I guess that's probably. An, was that a originally Japanese, and then came to America? Because I feel like, What Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, I believe so. Probably, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there was just so many shows that would just, I think just animes, they, they dive into creative weirdness that American cartoons don't, can't dare to go. I, I think it's so telling that,
2: right, in Japan, there is, there is an entire, there, there is a, there is a whole not even specific like level layer, but there is a just genre of porn that is animated and there is not a U.S. equivalent. Hmm. I think that says a lot about just like attitudes toward animation and what can be done with it. Yeah. And the sort of flexibility, like you said, like in the U S like we just really think anime or animations for kids and Japan's like, Nope, it's for adults. Cause there, there's animated porn, you know, yeah. like, like there's a different sensibility uh, with how people feel about animation.
1: Well, there was a, uh, Zach, I want you to talk a little bit about Tokyo Ghoul, which is what you recommended to me. Hey. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, Tokyo and Ghoul is the show. I just i'll I'll just say right off the bat, Tokyo Ghoul was the show that I finally was like, ah, that that is not my head stomping, but that was my like, <laughs> I understand now. Like, yeah, uh, before to- I was accepting of uh, of anime uh, of anime, like, okay, I get it. It's it's a fan base. So like, I I get it. And then someone showed me Tokyo Ghoul, and like, oh, this is what's about. And then I understood, like, this is fantastic because to me it had the same vibe of like Spider Man, but a horror Spider Man. Like, someone gets powers, but they have to eat people. Uh, yeah, and it's
1: very it definitely was just adult. Or uh, not? And maybe that's maybe also what. Adult, maybe that's. In...
0: I, I, I think that's another thing too. Is some animes can be very, very disgusting and like and dark. Which I guess in my later years of well, not later years, but my in my early twenties, that's what that was my vibe. And Mm -hmm. here's the cool thing about anime is there's an anime for everything. If you want an anime about fishing, you got it. You want one about (laughs) you know uh, ping pong, you have it. There's everything under the sun. Yeah, Um, and and, uh, me, I wanted horror,
1: and they had that. And I finally one of the things that I. When I... First off, I appreciate how Hulu has both... For all the first season, they have both sub version and a dub version um, right. of which every th- single that's episode. That's a controversy, so too,
0: is there's some shows that you want the dub. Like, for example, uh, Cowboy Bebop, which is another uh, mm. anime that's kind of like the top of the list, is uh, that's a show that you would probably want uh, dubbed because the voice acting of it, the same guy who plays Spike... Is also the guy who plays the voice of the uh,
1: the tsunami guy, so right. kind of like
0: you know. And different then some voices. of them are,
1: some of them are very. It, it really depends on how who produces like um, Princess Mononoke. Is my what is it Mononoke Princess Mononoke? Oh, what that is like. What what, yeah. wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about, but that's how you say it. Right? Yes, yes, yes. That yes. that was produced. By Weinstein, right? Oh, um, and but it was it was produced by or the the American dub version yes, was produced yes, by yes, Weinstein. They acquired it, yeah. and um, or was distributed by Weinstein, and um, it was. But for I mean, I don't want to you know Weinstein's a horrible person, but it it did it it really found actors who like all over the like it was really well. The dubbed was produced really well, absolutely, yeah. and also for the movie there, that I watched, the tales uh the tales of princess Kiyagi or whatever um was very like chloe grace Moritz plays the main character was dubbed as the main character mm. the mom and dad from elf play the mom and dad in this and it's the only other time New that James they were Cannon. paired. To-
0: uh
1: yeah what's her name person. can you look look it up uh, um sure the two of them together um play where the the mom and dad and this and you can i mean you can tell like if 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 dubbing in a way can be its own kind of adaptation on it that's Mm. the same with any translations like sometimes people praise a translation of a book is like this is a great translation because obviously you can translate things beautifully but there's an art to translating itself um but then yes and then sometimes the subs are more important because it's like well it's just you know it's also the original work um but something i wanted to get into um before we wrap up is the talking about very adult like hentai which is like the porn version of of anime of anime hentai sorry (laughs) hentai hentai um get it right is how anime does doesn't have a great track record of depicting women uh in their work uh i think not all anime. Like, Miyazaki's great with this. Mm-hmm. Um, Satoshi so kon
2: is another uh, anime filmmaker who, who specifically takes steps away
0: from, like, yeah. that kind of treatment.
1: And I think a lot of the movies that we like uh, are, aren't very, um, aren't sexist, but I think there is a big culture in a lot of, not even hentai or hentai or whatever, but just in any anime. Like, there's a whole subgenre of anime that is just about men women fighting over men um <laughs> Jeez. and i was looking before i was doing this i was looking up definitions of uh like different things in, in 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 anime and so many of them have to do with like there's a whole subgenre oh i guess this is a genre of pornographic but back back in new you uh there's bara which mean- is a mask what what
0: Sorry, I think you I, these all sound familiar, but I, it sounds like you're misreading them. But anyways, I have.
1: Um. Yeah. Bad. Well, this one I'm not misreading. Sounds. Bara, Bara is about a it's a masculine uh, gay men's cult. Oh wait, that's different. I guess. Um. Oh, here here it is. Uh, I just there wanna... is a, there's oh. a subgenre of, han- of anime called uh, Hira- Hiram, which is a subgenre Hira- of Hira- anime and manga. Well, it's a subgenre of anime and manga characterized by an ordinary guy surrounded by a group of women, with some being potential love interests. Um, Wish fulfillment. Yeah, and but that's a lot of stuff. Um, and so, then like with a lot of
0: a lot of you know art or you know fandoms, there are the creepy mm-hmm. subcultures which you do sometimes very much see at. Uh, conventions, like there's a shirt for some reason that people like. And uh, Nick, do you go to conventions at all? No, I'm I'm
2: not. I'm no. I'm nowhere near that kind of fan. A good way to describe my 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 like like liking of anime is like two of my favorite filmmakers are also like anime makers, and that's. Kind I, of... I
0: gotta tell you, going to an anime convention, I think that's also what makes me love the anime because there uh-huh. is a vibe. They are par- They are crazy party people like anime conventions yeah. get weird and it, here's the one thing that's a little I find a little disturbing is there's a shirt that ha, it's like black and white but it's a shirt of just a bunch it's a collages of a bunch of like hentai girls climaxing and this wow, is like a shirt Jesus it's it's like it's honestly like a popular shirt you'll like see a lot of people wear it but it is uh it is very uh TVM if not yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I think there is there's is, i mean with any cultures there's there's some type of sexism uh and I think just, uh, uh, uh anime uh, yeah anime has has a you, know, you kind of have to talk about it I mean anime does have a a a history of depicting women in a very typical men focused idealized way and who knows um, maybe they
0: got that from the uh America you know the American, uh, well, they
1: get it from them. I think it's ingrained in any culture. A lot of yeah, culture. that's true. They have but their, not, I don't relate everything back to. I mean, America's great, didn't, but
0: I didn't. I didn't say. I'm just saying. Maybe they speculated. Maybe somebody saw, you know, Snow White or Sleeping Beauty. It was like the only way to rescue a woman is by kissing them without them knowing.
1: <laughs> but uh, without, so um, oh yeah. <laughs> Without actually, I saw a marriage proposal in which the it was like between an like an animator and a doctor, and so the animator was the guy, and he oh. animated the scene of of that sleeping beauty but put replacing it with him and her and like showed it to her and it was supposed to be all cute and stuff, and I was like that's kind of a weird movie I to- dude. To use a, that's a weird movie, and B, when I saw that, I was just like, "What a fucking narcissist!" Like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean, th- there is definitely a lot of sexism in anime, but I mean, but it, I mean, shoot, it's not defined by sexism. Like the things we're talking about mm-hmm. aren't, um, and you could say the same thing about Hollywood, right? You could say the same thing about a lot of entertainment industries. I think it's it's interesting
2: because I usually when so when I talk about um, Miyazaki and Satoshi Kon who are like my two like favorite anime filmmakers I usually use like their their approach with sexism as a, as a jumping off point for why they seem to be different than other anime filmmakers. Um, and it's interesting because this conversation is really pointing out like I mean sexism is just a thing in every culture and when you have films that actively go against it they're actively going against a lot more that like is happening in society so like I bring that up to say that like Miyazaki and Satoshi Kon they were both like animators who really resented and didn't like most anime going on in Japan they thought it was kind of a waste of the medium and they both been on the record saying that Um, and I think sexism is sort of the first thing you notice in their films they have uh, female characters that are usually the protagonists way more developed they aren't sexualized um there's like some like very like active consideration into um the male gaze and a lot of satoshi Kon's work um i don't know there's also like we watched paprika last night and there's that one character who had um all the dolls in his uh in his apartment or is like all like like just, yeah. just a mess, and so I think there's also like an attack on the sort of fandom that often comes with liking anime and all the materialism. Because that's another thing of Satoshi work. But it's interesting. It's it, it it comes down to almost I don't know if I did say it, it's like a foundational thing, but I think a major a major example of how these are people who go against the grade, the grain of what their medium has put out. I think sexism is kind of like an interesting starting point for that, if that makes sense.
1: And there's also. Um... Just bringing up, there's not. I mean, there's most of the the anime is directed by men. Yeah. And there cool. are, but um, I mean, more recently, there's been a little bit more women coming into the role. Uh, Nioko Yama- Yamada um, did a movie called uh, A Silent Voice uh, in 2016. I think uh, it's not saying very readily. Yeah, 2016. Um, and uh, that's actually on Netflix. So. You guys should watch that. It's a pretty good movie. Well, um, I I will check that out. Our silent voice. I actually haven't watched it to be completely frank, but it's. I mean, it's it's gotten a lot of reviews and it seems to be really great, and it's all on Netflix too. Um, so yeah, so we're probably wrapping it up here. Um, final words on this.
0: I like anime.
1: <laughs> I
0: like some anime. <laughs> I I like. Um... I'm full on weeb. Well, not a, I'm not a weeb yet. Weeb is somebody who has a Crunchyroll account. I, um, <laughs> I, 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 se- I second hand, exactly. I second hand smoke, uh, anime and I, I love second every, and I love every minute of it. Every minute. I,
2: I think I smoke like anime cigars when someone's like, mm. I'm into cigars. You want to try a cigar and mm. the, the root is made by this thing and they dry <laughs> it out on a, on a boat. And I'm like, wow, this is. I didn't realize tobacco could be so sophisticated. Wow. I think that's how I. That's how I take my anime. That's great.
0: If, what's, if your, we're, what's your smoking?
2: <laughs> yeah. What's your? What's, what's my your, smoking? The show thing? is so great with metaphors. Um, what's, your, what's your anime metaphor?
1: I'd say mine is like a really thick blunt. <laughs> 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 so you watch all your I, anime when you're under the influence. I watch. I I think like this is gonna be a trip, and sometimes it is, but then. I'd say the other 50% of the time. Saying this, I've never smoked a blunt before, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, sometimes it's a <laughs> huge trip, and then sometimes it's way too much. And I think with some animes, and that's probably why I wouldn't say I'm ever an anime fan, because um, sometimes the stories just go, go, go nuts. And I think the ones that are like highly like uh, have a lot of a critical acclaim are great and it's very unique. And I really recommend uh, the Princess uh, or the tale of the Princess Kyogi or whatever I fucking sucking names. Uh, but that's a great anime and I really loved it and I, I think it it does a lot with imagination and how your imagination can play on you and just uh, caring for people when you have them and there, there's so many things to talk about there and it ended in a way that I was not expecting. But stuff like that is one thing. But then sometimes, you know, some animes can just just be a lot, um, and I'm I don't I can't really think of an example. But maybe that's because I've tried to forget it. But I, I I I feel like honestly though Tokyo Ghoul when I watched the first episode I was like this is a lot. I don't know if I want to keep watching it. Cause there's a lot of gasping and a lot of people going like, <gasps> and it's just like stuff like that. That I I'm like, that, Oh that's, wow. That's the this one is, thing I was not the like biggest. People f- look down and they're like,
2: <sighs> <sighs> yeah.
0: That's, and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I also have so great many. memories of watching that with a
1: friend. It was like another, yeah. where it was like,
0: ah, oh, this is me and my good friends, you know, memory.
1: Yeah. So. Anyways. So that's anime. So, uh, thanks for listening um to be uh we'll we'll probably see uh nick again some other time soon yeah. um on this show. one of these days um but yeah uh till next week uh godspeed everyone god uh bye. stay clean spider-man bye